and welcome to Rhythm Church. If you're in any need of prayer, our team is available to you at any time. If you'd like to get connected and know more, click on the links below. We hope you enjoy today's message. Pentecost Sunday. We are talking about Pentecost Sunday and Pentecost Sunday is actually the birth of the church. It's 50 days or so since the Passover meal right before Jesus was crucified. And what it actually resembled is that for the first 40 days of that, people saw Jesus floating around, floating around, and people saw Jesus walking around the community. And, you know, up to 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection. And his very last message that he says to people is in Acts chapter 1. And verse 6 to 8, I'll read it this way. It says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. Who? The Father alone. Right there should be red flags when people say Jesus is coming back on Thursday morning at 11.30 on such and such date. Or by all of these moons and all of this stuff, uh, Jesus is coming back. Jesus himself said, who's probably the closest to the Father. He said, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. However, verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you will receive power. Let's pray. Father, we just we thank you for Pentecost Sunday. But Lord, uh, on this particular day, we ask that our hearts be open to receive that power today. Maybe we've had a past experience of that power, but Lord, reignite that power in our lives today. We pray, God, that uh, our hearts are open, our ears are open, and help us to see through the Scriptures your mercy, your love, your grace for us. May we continue to walk worthy in a manner that is fully pleasing to you. And Lord, we thank you that uh, as we share these Scriptures, Lord, that our mindsets, if need be, be readjusted. But Lord, may we be drawn closer to you and may we leave with a more intimate relationship with you today at the end of our message, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And you will receive power. I love the word will. It's an absolute. It's not a maybe. It's not, oh, yeah, if you do all of this, then that will happen. No, it is a absolute. You will. You will receive power. Who would like some power? I feel... I sometimes feel like I'm plugged into a PowerPoint, but I need to flip the switch, right? I'm plugged in, but I'm not turned on. Sometimes my flip needs to be switched so the current will actually flow through. You know, it's uh, yesterday I bought a phone charger for my coffee van uh, and I bought one that actually has a PowerPoint because I've got this whole inverter system on my on my van and I thought you know what the USB is just not giving me enough power it doesn't charge fast enough and I thought you know 
stuff you. I'm going to get the whole 100 watts into my phone. And I was amazed. I could literally see the green bar on my phone just hypercharge. And I thought, you know what? That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He puts us on a hypercharge. And this power, let's look at the word power. It actually implies that there is a whole lot of power in our lives. Uh, You shall receive ability, efficiency, might, and strength. Do you feel weak sometimes? Do you feel like you don't have the ability to do what you need to do? Sometimes we might just need to flip the switch. Get some current into our lives. Get a little bit of power. A little bit of energy is another word that it says. Sometimes, uh, you know, we might feel that it's not good to say, well, it's not all about energy. You know, we don't want all this hype and stuff. But you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit supersedes any hype. It supersedes any of that, uh, you know, man-made stuff. The power of the Holy Spirit is strong enough and powerful enough with energy to actually break any stronghold in our life. It's strong enough and has enough energy to actually break any mindsets and belief systems that have caught us and bound us as shackles. Power of the Holy Spirit, you will receive it. Who would like to receive the power of the Holy Spirit today? You know, we can actually operate in our lives in our strength or we can operate with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the advantage. We're on the winning side when we've got the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. You know, if God be for us, who can be against us? Scripture would say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is this power that's at work. The root word for power is dunamos, dynamic. It's where we get the word dynamite, explosive. Sometimes I go into a room pretty explosive in the power of me. But we want the power of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Where we can actually, you know, and, and it's never any rage. If it's in the Holy Spirit, there's never any rage there. It's love. It's mercy. It's kindness. It's peace. It's a sense of calmness. And it's, it's kind of weird to think all of that is also energy. But it, or power, you know, a soft word turns away wrath. There's power in a soft word. There's power when we actually speak with kindness as opposed to how my side wants to speak. We spoke last week around the the flesh nature and the spirit nature. You know, in Colossians chapter 3, which I neglected to share last week, was such a powerful uh, parallel of what life is like if we do it in our strength versus what it's like if we do it in the Holy Spirit's ability. And this is this power that's at work within us. The first time that uh, this actually happened uh, where Jesus promises that this person, the Holy Spirit, was going to be with us and will come upon us is in John chapter 14. And in verse 16 it says, And I will ask the Father and he will, another absolute, he will give you another helper. Who feels like sometimes they're doing life alone? And what would it look like if we actually just had a little bit more help? We saw James yesterday down at the barbecues at Bunnings. You know, they were doing some fundraising for Tunnel, Tunnel Ridge Ranch. And it was like, you know, they had some extra help there. And I know what it's like to be busy and doing it without the help. You know, could you imagine doing all that yesterday by yourself? Would, it would have been impossible. I've done the coffee van with lines all the way to the screen waiting for their coffees. It's, it's overwhelming. Life can be overwhelming if we're trying to do it on our strength. 
And Jesus says, I will give you another helper. I like what the Amplified um, Translation says this. It says, I will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counsellor, a strengthener, a standby, to be with you forever. For how long? Forever. So the reality is, is that God will never leave us. He'll never turn his back on us. He'll never walk away from us because Jesus promised that he is bringing this this helper, this comforter, this standby, this counsellor to be with us forever. So why then do we feel alone sometimes? Why then do we feel that we don't have that help that we need? We've been saved 15, 20, 30, 40 years, and yet sometimes we feel like we're doing life alone. Yet scripture says that I'm sending you someone to help you. Verse 17 says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is where? In us. And what's its job to actually do? It is to comfort us, it's to counsel us, it's to support us, it's to be our helper in time of need. He actually is our wisdom. The Bible says if we lack anything, ask for wisdom because the Holy Spirit will actually drop that wisdom into our, into our spirit. I like what the uh, Amplified, uh, oh, sorry, and then in that same chapter of John 14, verse 26 says, but the, Holy, but the helper the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor. These are all good words to actually look up in your own time, what they actually mean. The counsellor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I have told you. This morning in our pre-service prayer, we are praying for James's keys to be found. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to lead to, and we're still waiting a week. So if you happen to have accidentally found a set of keys in your handbag, thinking, oh, cool, whose are these keys? Well, it's actually James's livelihood that's those keys. It's his car. It's $400 to get a replacement spare for his car key. His keys to all of his work is on these keys. And so, you know, it's actually quite a significant expense to get these keys replaced. But Scripture says that he will teach us all things and will help you remember everything that I've told you. We've laid on that promise time and time again when we have lost stuff. Lord, where did I put that? Reveal to me where that is. And Kathy, as always, will remember where it is. Because <laughs> she's amazing. She's my helper. But the Holy Spirit in her is the one that actually helps reveal to her where these things are. So, you know, our prayer, and we prayed this morning that James's keys would be revealed, and that they've been put down somewhere. They're not in anything that we've set up. So the only other plausible reason is that they've ended up in a handbag somewhere. So we encourage people to uh, check their handbags. But, you know, it will come. They will come. Do we believe that? Do we believe that they will be revealed? Again, this is what, so the first time Jesus said, I'm bringing a helper, I will, I will give you a helper. And then the second time is in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. So we shared that the power is the ability to receive, the ability to operate efficiently. Who wants to be more efficient? 
I learned a word a few years ago called efficacy. Efficacy. That's actually the goal. Not just efficient, but actually economical in how we actually do it. We can be really efficient, but at the expense of something else. It's like, you know, we'd love to operate with efficacy. It's an interesting word. It's not quite like effervescent. (laughs) But the reality is the Holy Spirit is efficient. He's efficient. He helps us. He gives us strength. He gives us might. And I like what this actually says, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, up and on you, upon you. So we can walk and move and have our entire being with the Holy Spirit up and on us. When you're in a workplace environment and you are struggling to deal with the people next to you or your customers, you're struggling to deal with people who may be doing the wrong thing in your workspace, you can trust in the Holy Spirit to be up and on you. And that the words that you speak are full of grace and full of kindness, full of mercy, full of patience, full of love, full of love, full of love. I, uh, I was doing a wrong thing this week and I was speeding in a compromisable location and I had someone talk to me about it and they spoke to me in love. I received it in love anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I definitely received it in love. And uh, the intent, I received the intent. What would it look like if we assumed positive intent? That would solve half our problems, wouldn't it? You know, if someone said something to us and it's like, I assume that they are saying it with good heart, good motives, good gestures, you know, and they're saying it uh, for the betterment of me. That's all I can make the assumption. When I was at Apple, we would constantly be seeing phone devices broken and it was like... We have to assume positive intent, that they didn't drop it in the toilet. Smashed phones not working. Not sure, you know, and it's easy to form a judgment. It so is easy to form a judgment around situations. It's like, no, let's actually assume positive intent. You actually went for a swim with it in your pocket. You know, let's just assume that that was the case. And then, uh, you know, what would it look like if we assumed positive intent when the person was actually uh, running the red light? Maybe they needed to be somewhere faster than where we needed to go. What would it look like? It doesn't give them the right to run the red light, but maybe they just heard some really bad news and they need to get somewhere really urgently. You know, we can assume positive intent. Uh, It's okay to assume. We know what happens when we assume sometimes, however. Yes, yes, I needn't finish it, needn't break it down. You know, we can be donkeys sometimes. And so Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, and on the day of Pentecost. So we see Jesus, his last message is giving this promise. I will give you power through the Holy Spirit, right? In that context. Ten days later. So that was approximately around the 40th day before the ascension of Jesus. Uh, Ten days later, we see uh, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Everyone say one place. One place. There is power when we are in one place. In one heart with one mind. In unity. There is power. Right? Wonder-working power. This is actually the birth of the church is about to be officiated here. So these believers, they're all in one place and they were praying. The Bible says that they were praying. Uh, suddenly, everyone say suddenly. What would a suddenly look like in your life? What's your suddenly? What are you believing for, for a suddenly in your life to take place? If someone was to write a check and clear out all your debt, what would that look like for your life? 
What's your suddenly? If you got a promotion, you're believing God for an extra $100,000, what would your suddenly do? If someone bought you a house, what's your suddenly? You know, we've you, suddenly, these, you know, there was, a, there was a, a promise that Jesus had just given these believers just less than two weeks earlier. Now, I reckon for those two weeks, they were praying and they were praying and they were in one place, in one accord, believing God. God, you said the Holy Spirit will bring power. Well, we're believing for that power right now. And then suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roar, roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. What would it look like where all the papers in your house absolutely just went crazy and it was just uncontainable? Do we actually believe this? Do we have a suddenly faith that God's going to do something in our lives? Suddenly. I would love it where we saw, you know, 50 people walk into church. Suddenly from downstairs. Game's finished. Hey, let's go check out that church upstairs. What would they suddenly do? How could we cope? You know, what would that do? The power, the energy, the vibe. You know, it's like, oh, God's at work. This is awesome. This is fantastic. Do we, do we really believe this? A suddenly. What's your suddenly? Pentecost Sunday. What's your suddenly? Okay, yeah, that was a good talk, Murray. Suddenly. It was filled. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Wow. Okay, now I'm reading scriptures. Where do I go here? And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. What's it like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What would your life look like if it was filled to, with the Holy Spirit? You know, Bible says, Psalms 23, that my cup runs over. Is your cup full or is it empty? Is it running over with the Holy Spirit? Now, we're a Pentecostal church. The, the tenets of what we believe is that as a Pentecostal church, being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized with the Holy Spirit is the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Okay, so I know that's going to cause some, some little bit of uh, stirring here. Uh, but the reality is, is that, you know, that's what we adhere to. Uh, these were tenants that were developed in the 20s, 1920s, uh, so 100 years ago. And, you know, this whole premise of it, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you unless you're speaking in tongues. And that's what our faith actually, uh, that's the denomination that we're a part of. You ask any of the national leaders, any, any hierarchy of those leaders though, is that really what you believe? You do not have the Holy Spirit in you unless you are filled speaking in other tongues. But that's what our doctrine actually would say. The reality is I think there is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in us, not just by speaking in tongues. So I think there is evidence uh, by the, Jesus said that you will know them by their fruit. Now speaking in tongues for me is a very personal thing. It's a promise that is available to all of us. Scripture says that they were speaking in other languages. Now some people will actually say that uh, that has passed away. That's not for today. And they base that verse on uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, I think it is, says that uh, languages will cease and prophesying will cease, but love will remain. So that's, we can talk about that next series. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit.
So we're going to talk about the nine gifts of the Spirit. And we'll, we'll unpack that in greater detail. Other people believe that it is the divine ability to learn a foreign language instantly. Some people believe that. Right? And they'll pray out in tongues and then this person over here suddenly hears Cantonese. Or this person over here will suddenly understand French. And, you know, there's all of those dynamics. And that's one angle. I don't think it's a so black and white where it's, it's past it's a divine language from another culture. Uh, some choose not to speak in tongues simply because it's a bit whack. It's just a bit crazy. That happy, clapper, crazy bunch down there, I don't want, the, you know, tongue talking. That No, forget that. And that's okay. It honestly is okay. Other people believe that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Right? This is all legitimate mindsets that people have our predecessors have done really a injustice of what it means to be spirit-filled speaking in tongues and you know it requires unpacking but this is not the environment for it but i just love the mercy of god i love the mercy of god because he will always meet people where they are at if you believe it's a divine language from another culture god will meet you there if you believe that it's past God will meet you there. You know, you haven't lost your salvation if you don't speak in tongues. You know, you, you are still loved and you are still re received into the, the family of God, so to speak. If you believe that it is of the devil, well, God will meet you there too. Because his mercy overcomes all things. Can we believe that? And so, you know, I believe that speaking in tongues is a promise. It is available. And there is actually a whole lot of science uh, around a, uh, a scientist by the name of Dr. Uh, Mark Newberg from the University of Pennsylvania. Did some research on Pentecostals speaking in another language. And this science, and he interviewed also Buddhists, and he interviewed Francine nuns, and the, the Pentecostal, when praying in another language, actually does not activate the frontal lobe of their brain. And it is actually at rest. So there's actually power when praying in the Holy Spirit. And what would it look like if it was actually a divine language between you and God? You know, praying in the Holy Spirit. Dr. Mark Newberg, he's had over 6 million views on his YouTube video around the science of speaking in tongues. And so if it was another language, your brain would still be activated. This is what he talks about. If it was, you know, something other than a nature of divine intervention or a nature of divine, why would your brain be activating in that way? But when it is, obviously, it's a divine, considered a divine language. Now... I believe that we also have done speaking in tongues a disservice by just babbling on. We babble on and it's of no benefit to me, to the hearer, I mean. The Bible says that it actually edifies us. It strengthens us. It brings a sense of, of power activating in us. And so, you know, I would, I would say along the lines of if you do not have an interpretation to your, your tongue, well, then maybe it's for your personal benefit. Is that okay? We doing okay here? And, uh, and so we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will receive this power. Jude verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So, you know, there is uh, some circumstantial evidence around that actually being around praying in tongues. Uh, but I believe that it actually brings a sense of encouragement. You know, I was talking to someone this, before the service, you know, they're feeling a bit sort of down. I said, how are you at in praying in the Holy Spirit? Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes it, it's, uh, you know, we do it as a, an initial thing. Oh, yeah, I did that years ago. It's like, it, let it be an active, working thing in your life, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in that language that works for you. You know, and if, it, if you believe it's a, a foreign language or if you believe it's past, why don't you just put it on the shelf a little bit and say, what if? What if it is this dynamic, working power and praying in the Holy Spirit and allowing God to actually edify and build you up? Amazing what downlines you might get as a result. You might get the wisdom you've been praying out to God for. You might just get that leading to turn left instead of turning right. You might actually be that answer to someone's prayer because, you know what, I've been praying in the Holy Spirit and you know, God's leading me to actually do something that I wouldn't normally do. It seemed a bit crazy to do it, but you know, I guess that's the way I need to do it. Praying in the Holy Spirit does that. It works that inner man, that most inner being, as Paul would talk about. And so when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we receive power. That's not the initial evidence, however. Things like the power can also be walking in love when it's really, really hard. The power of the Holy Spirit may actually be being kind to our family members when it's really, really hard. Because we will know them by their fruit, as Jesus said. So what is the fruit? We shared about this last week, didn't we? Galatians chapter 5. Gentleness, kindness, patience, long-suffering. Sometimes we have to suffer long. Is that really what it means? I don't know. Suffering is, a, is an interesting word when it comes to uh, the promises of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, there is an element of uh, putting down our flesh because our flesh wants something now, our instantaneous need. But maybe we just put it down. Delayed gratification. It's a beautiful word. I learned it 20 odd years ago when I wanted something. And it's like, you know, if I actually save just a little bit rather than spend that, I actually will we'll be better off. They did some research around, they, they brought these kids into a room and they put a mushroom there, a mushroom, a um, marshmallow. Who's seen that? The marshmallow experiment. You and Jared get along. You and Jared get along. Don't do marshmallow. Uh, but this marshmallow, if you wait 20 minutes and this marshmallow is right there in front of them and, uh, and this marshmallow is right there in front of them, if you wait 20 minutes, you'll get two marshmallows. And you see the video and these kids are like, and they're looking, seeing if anyone's watching. And then, you know, you, you see it. And it's like, oh, okay, look. You know, but we have been t trained to get it now. Suffering long sometimes is putting ourselves down in terms of, you know, for the needs of others. And or it may actually be saying no to the now so we can have a greater good later. And that is really hard. It's really hard to do that. But the power of the Holy Spirit gives his ability to help us. He gives us his ability. Another word for ability is also known as grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My ability is sufficient for you. The power of the Holy Spirit can also be seen as the grace of God at work in you. Who needs a little bit of grace? To whom much is given, much is received and expected. Let's give grace. What would it look like this week if we gave grace?
through the power of the Holy Spirit in work, at, in work in our lives, at work in our lives. We actually allow patience to be at work in our relationships. Maybe we don't have to bite back. Maybe we don't have to respond so coarsely or so rudely. I have a weakness. I roll my eyes. I roll my eyes. We shared in devotions this week in our team meeting around umbrellas of mercy. Right, And my umbrella of mercy is I naturally have a frown, so it looks like I'm angry when I'm actually smiling. I'm actually really good, but I have a eye roll. There we go again. <laughs> right, and, and it's like it's just a habit. Grace, please. I'm, at work, I'm working on me. You work on you and I work on me, okay? And, uh, <laughs> but the reality is, is that grace is required for us all. We all need a little bit of grace to get along. We need to rely in and lean on and allow the helper of the Holy Spirit to be with us, who will never leave us, who will never forsake us, who's with us. He's our counsellor. I'm going to read this passage of Scripture just one more time. John 14, verse 26, But the helper, the comforter, allow that to resonate with you for a minute, the comforter of the Holy Spirit. What would it look like just to disconnect from all inputs for a moment? From phones, noise, music, the need for TV to be on, the need for noise. And allow that still small ability of God in you, the comfort, to be in you, working in you. Bringing a sense of peace in the storm that you may be facing. What would it look like for that? Holy Spirit, be at work in our hearts right now. Comfort us. The news that I've received, I just roll it over to you. The Bible says to cast all our cares over to him. Be anxious for nothing, for he cares for you. Well, if you are my comforter, God, I give this burden and this care to you. I'm just going to breathe and I'm going to get a picture of you being my helper right now. I get a picture of maybe this, this robe just giving me comfort. You know, a lot of people who have spectrum-based disabilities, they have these comforters. They have these weight blankets and sensory blankets. Maybe that's what you need is a sensory blanket of the Holy Spirit. Finding safety. Someone who comforts is someone who brings safety. He's our advocate. You know, the nature of the Holy Spirit is to actually advocate for us to the Father. He takes our imperfect prayers and he makes them perfect. You don't need to pray perfectly in your language. He takes that, what you've got, and he makes it perfect. He's our advocate. He represents you. He represents you to the Father. Rhonda, he's representing you to the Father. He's saying, I'm pleased and I'm well pleased with you. I love you so much. My beautiful daughter, that's what he says to you. It's the nature of the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter and our advocate. He's our intercessor. Wow, such a big Christian word. He literally is standing in the gap for our weakness. He's our intercessor. He's our counselor, our strengthener, 
our standby. That's the Holy Spirit. And he says he will teach you all things. I wanted to lean on this little passage is that you don't need me to be your teacher. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. We're talking about the birth of the church, however, is that we, need, we actually can learn from each other through the Holy Spirit in other people. We can allow the Holy Spirit, if our hearts are humble, we can allow the Holy Spirit in Peter to give us a word in season. We can allow the leading of Robin's, uh, the Holy Spirit in Robin to lead us and guide us. You know, and if it confirms with us, it's like, yes, that confirms. The Holy Spirit in Robin confirms with the Holy Spirit in me. And, you know, it can actually help us further. And this is the advantage of coming together in church. We can allow community and connection to actually build us all up and edify us all up. Because the Holy Spirit longs for fellowship. He longs for this, this joining together, this commitment of being, yes, I'm together. I'm with my fellow believers. I'm with the Holy Spirit of Robert and Rhonda and Leslie and Jewel and Peter and Stone and Paul and Miriam and, and Tylena all coming together. He loves it when we come together. It's such a beautiful thing when we come together. And this is so he can teach us. You know, I'll have people after the service tell me, I really liked what you shared today, Murray. You said this. And it's like, I didn't say that. But the Holy Spirit enlightened that point in you. And that's the nature of coming together and allowing the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, we don't put the Holy Spirit in a room. I would love to just turn up the gas meter a little bit and see the flame of the Holy Spirit ignite into a passion and a fire for everyone that calls Rhythm Church home. What would that look like? Do you think we can be agents of change in our community? Do you think that every step we take, we're going with the life, light and love of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is with me. He's our comforter and he said he will never ever, ever leave us. Wow. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are always with us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us and guide us into the full knowledge of who you are. I pray, Holy Spirit, that uh, I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives continually taking those areas in our lives that maybe have been wounded, have been scarred, and you're just rubbing your healing balm over that through the, the presence and the awareness of the Holy Spirit right now. I pray, Father, that, uh, that the Holy Spirit would just be ignited into everyone that's at the sound of my voice right now, Lord. God is always giving us an invitation. If you'd like to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit, today's your day. Today is your day. Just like it's a gift. It's a gift. If I was to hand out a gift to you by faith, you would put your hand out and receive. Just like if I was to wave a $100 note by faith, whoever put their hand out to receive it would receive it. And, uh, you know, Scripture says that uh, Jesus said that if you, being human, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Father of heaven give good gifts to you you know he never gives us bad gifts and the holy spirit is a good gift 
It's one third of the Trinity. (sighs) How much better is that? That he chose you to take up residence in your life so that you have the advantage, the upper edge in society today. You don't have to live a life broken. You don't have to live a life of torment. You don't have to live a life that's anxious and full of worry and concern. When the Holy Spirit's in you, he's your comforter, your helper. That's who he is. He's so good like that. And I'm inviting you, if you'd like to receive that, simply saying, you don't need to leave your chair. You can just say, Father, I'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not to say that the Holy Spirit's not in you, but it's like when we actually do a water baptism. It's an actual evidence of an internal decision. And speaking in a heavenly language, speaking in tongues, is actually evidence of an internal work that's at work in you. And that's a personal thing. I'm not going to make anyone do anything right now. But that's a decision that you can say, Lord, if that's you, and if I would like to receive that gift, just ask, Lord, I would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Our scripture talks about in the book of Acts where they laid on hands and that they spake in other tongues. The good old King James came out then. And they spoke in other tongues and other people saw it. You know, that's if you'd like to receive that, you know, you can talk to myself after the service or, or Wendy or Robin. Uh, I'd be more than happy to help you in that, or Peter even. Um, another invitation I'd love to give you is to allow the kingdom of heaven to be at work in your life. Jesus said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. You know, his whole purpose was to reveal the realities of heaven on earth. That's why he came. He came to restore humanity back to the Father through revealing the realities of heaven on earth. And if you'd like to receive that, that's more than welcome. You can simply say, I would like to receive the realities of heaven on earth. And Jesus, come and abide in me and I will abide in you. And the final invitation is this place of rest. Everywhere we look through the Gospels, we see Jesus giving an invitation. Come to me, all who are weary, those who are heavy burdened and laden, and I will give you rest. God's a giver. He's not a taker. He's a giver. He wants to give gifts. He wants to give rest. You know, the premise of our whole church is that you may receive the rhythm of grace for your life and help you discover your God-intended rhythm. And if you'd like to receive rest, you know, we don't work for rest. We work from rest. It's a complete mind tilt on society today. Why would we work five days only to have two days off? That system is broken. When we can live and move and have our entire being from a position of rest. Jesus is our rest. He is our Sabbath for today. He is our soul keeper. He is the one that keeps us safe. He guards us and protects us. And we move from a position of rest. And if you'd like to receive that, that's a decision that you can make right now in your chair, right where you are. Father, I receive that rest right now. Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the light. And I'd like to receive that. I'd like to receive the realities of heaven in my life. And one more invitation is the invitation to discipleship. Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Go into all this world and make disciples. As a church, we value discipleship. As we continue to move forward in our journey as a church, we we would love to activate some discipleship classes. It's not about joining a church. It's simply about becoming a disciple. A modern day word would be apprentice. 
things that I do, you will also do, he says, and greater. What would it look like just to read the Gospels and see the works that Jesus did and then see them in operation in our lives today? Healing all who were oppressed and sick. What would it look like for our lives to, you know, have the boldness that wherever Jesus went, change happened? What would that look like in your workplace? Not just a Sunday gathering, but actually agents of change making a difference in the world around us. Father, give us a passion for that. Ignite the flame of the Holy Spirit in us, Lord. We just ask for a fresh ignition. Turn up the flame and the flame in our hearts, Lord. Give us the strength to overcome. Give us the rest that we need. Help us to make disciples in Jesus' name. We pray. Thanks so much for watching. If you'd like to know more, click on these links below. Be safe, be blessed, and we'll see you next week.